I'm going to miss our song. So, and I can't get into why, but I'm supposed to not talk until the song goes off now, apparently. And this has to do with like the online, the online stuff or whatever. But, you know, early on, I told you I was going to have like something written by the end of this thing. And then I got told about, well, a few weeks ago that I, I should stop trying to talk while the song's still going because of messing up online. I don't know. I don't even understand. It's okay. I don't have to. But, uh, so I just relegated myself to here the last few weeks after I'm done praying and I'm walking up and the song's playing, I'm, I'm doing a little, you know, my money don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I like to see you wiggle, wiggle, you know. So that's what you get. Since I'm not supposed to talk during it, it didn't make any sense for me to write you anything. So maybe I'll write you a rap another day. Well, uh, we are so glad that you're here today. We are finishing our series on John today, uh, on the Little Johns today, First, Second, and Third John, and uh, uh, I, I have enjoyed teaching through it. Uh, I've learned a lot from it. It's the first time I've ever taught through uh, all three of uh, of uh, the Johns of the Epistles of John, and uh, I think they've been great. I've had a lot of feedback. Uh, just always grateful, grateful to hear when uh, it's useful in people's lives and. Lord, Lord uses it to speak to people and speak through His Word. That's what I want uh, more than anything, and so just very super grateful for that. Uh, today, uh, not only are we finishing this, I want to make mention, and I'm sure Ben will talk about this then, but next week, we will not be here, okay? So next Sunday, we won't be here. We'll be having Plunge. If you don't know what Plunge is, that's our uh, creek baptism that turned into a river baptism. It actually started out at the dam. And then it moved to a creek, and then it moved back to the dam one day. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll be doing that next week, and we will, we, we're inviting everybody to come out, uh, whether you know anybody that's being baptized or not. We've got a lot of baptisms, apparently. Uh, they've done two classes, both classes. One class is happening right now. Uh, one cla- uh, both classes have been uh, pretty full of folks, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's a pretty, pretty exciting thing to get to tell the world about what Christ has done in your life. Uh, through uh, the ordinance of baptism, and uh, uh, if you've never done that, you should you should talk to us about it. Uh, we, we'd love to talk to you about that, and uh, it's it's an awesome thing. So we'll be celebrating baptism next week and worshiping together at Cheatham Dam. Uh, and I, I don't know any details other than we eat and we will baptize people. So uh, I'm sure Ben will tell you the times and all that good stuff here in just a little while. So uh, good stuff coming. So we're excited about that. Uh, let's do this. Go ahead and jump into the scriptures. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to Third John, the third epistle of John. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles. They'll be glad to bring you one. Throw your hand up. Let them know you need it. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. We'd love for you to take it and keep it and consider it a gift. Uh, let the Lord speak to you through his word. Um, this passage today, it's a little, it's a little different. Uh, uh, we, we've, you know, the way John wrote these letters, um, you know, to, uh, I, I would assume personally to the church uh, or to different churches, uh, you know, this one in particular is written a little different because it's like, there's a greeting and real quickly he starts talking to, um, you know, this, uh, this fella, uh, Gaius. And uh, Gaius, uh, we don't know much about Gaius. In fact, that's a it's a name that we do see other places in Scripture, but uh, we don't have any reason to believe that the other ones are 
the same one uh, that John is talking to here specifically in this letter. And it really is kind of, it really is kind of, uh, uh, and this didn't hit me until yesterday, but it's really kind of has a feel, a little bit of like uh, the letters that Paul wrote to Titus and Timothy. Um, you know, this, and, and you know, it's a one-shot deal. We're starting and finishing the whole book today because it's, you know, it's like 14, 15 verses or something. Um, and so, um, you know, with that being said, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting, you know, thing specifically to this guy that the Lord would use John uh, to speak to him and to the church, and he writes specifically to him, but then he also gives some warnings to him uh, in the midst of that, and, and so we're going to cover that today. Uh, and he brings up a couple other folks along the way uh, as he's, as he's kind of walking through this, uh, but uh, it's, you know, it's John. And so, you know, it's still, it's still very similar in some of the things that he is saying and warning about and that kind of thing, and um, he is hammering the truth. Uh, and hammering, you know, how, how important it is uh, to be uh, in the truth and those kinds of things. And so uh, some of those things you'll see and, and will be, remi- you know, be mindful of, you know, and remind you of uh, things that we've already read that John's written. But uh, again, he's very repetitive and for a good reason. And so uh, here we have this letter, uh, the letter Third John. Uh, let's just go ahead and read. Can we just re- let's read through uh, the whole thing real quick. Uh, verse 1, it says this. It says... The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a wonder is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers strangers as they are who testified to your love before the church you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God for they have gone out for the sake of the name accepting nothing from the gentiles therefore we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth verse 9 I have written something to the church, but did uh, I had I had his name last night? And I'm trying to remember how it's how it's actually said. Dio Treffies, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Dio Treffies, that is it. Uh, who likes to put himself first does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, ta- talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who wants to put them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I, had, I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. So here we have the whole, the whole chapter, the whole last part of the epistles of John. 
Um, and in fact, I, I would like to do this. I'd like to pray over, over the Word and just ask God to speak through it. Let's do that. God, we just come to you right now, and we ask, Lord, that, that you would speak through your Word, God, that you would show us what you would uh, want us to know. Help us to understand better. Help us to grow closer to you through it. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have, Lord, to spend this time with you and with the, with the fellowship of believers, uh, with the body, uh, to try to grow closer to you and understand you more, Lord. We ask for you to change our hearts. Help us to see things, Lord, that, uh, that we need to change, things that we need to lean on you more for. God, just lead and guide us. God, speak through your truth today. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. So, <clears throat> the very first part here, the elder, verse 1, the elder to the beloved uh, Gaius, whom I love in truth. Uh, this, is, this is also very similar to, uh, you know, what we see uh, John doing in some of the other letters. He kind of does this, you know, quick, like, uh, the elder, you know, to, he's referring to himself as the elder. He says, the elder to the beloved uh, Gaius, whom I love in truth. So, um, first of all, I think one of the things that we see here is we see John, uh, you know, writing to someone that he he has to know. He had he has his like strong emotional feeling for this person, and he's saying, "Look, I love you. I'm so glad. I, you know, you're my beloved." Kind of thing. Again, this is he he's using the term here that Jesus used for him. And he doesn't use it just once in the passage either uh, when referring uh, to Gaius. And so he says to the elder, he says, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. He's saying, I love you uh, as a brother. I love you in the truth of the gospel. I'm so glad, you know, he's, he's, he's going to kind of get into this, you know, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing kind of thing. Um, you know, but again, it, it's kind of mindful of... Uh, uh, reminds me of uh, you know the letters to Timothy, the letters to Titus that we see Paul write. And then in verse two, it goes on. He says, "Beloved," here again uses that uses that term that Jesus uh, referred to John in. It says, "Beloved, I pray that you all may go that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health, as goes with well with your soul." Okay, so a little, little wordy, but I want you to I want you to follow it for just a second because it's really good. He says, "Beloved." I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So he's, he's talking and, and there's some speculation about, you know, and there's no way to know something like this, but some speculation of like, you know, did Gaius have something going on physically uh, that he's literally kind of, you know, pointing toward that and saying, you know, hey, I'm, I've been praying about that or I've been thinking about that, you know, kind of a, a mentality or whatever, but Either way, he's definitely talking about his physical sense of well-being. He's saying, you know, I hope that you are doing well physically. Uh, and again, maybe he did or didn't have, you know, some ailments or something going on in his life and, and John knew about. Uh, but he's like, you know, I'm praying that, you know, all may go well with you and in, that you may be in good health. But then he says, as it goes well with your soul. And if you look at like the the breakdown of that in the Greek, I really, really feel like what he's trying to say here is he's trying to say that I hope that you are doing well physically, but I also hope that you're doing as well spiritually. You know, he says, again, as it goes well with your soul. 
So again, referring back to what he just talked about with him physically, that he would be good, that he would be well, but now he's talking about his spiritual well-being. And, it, and I think this is a... I think this is a this is an important thing that I don't think we just we just don't talk about it that much. I mean, as people, you know, we're just like, you know, well, you know, hey, how are you doing? You know, kind of, you know, and that's great. You know, we pat each other on the back and try to encourage one another and those kinds of things. But then at the end of the day, when was the last time that somebody said, okay, well, how are you doing spiritually? Because that's a whole nother that's a whole nother animal. I mean, you may be the most fit person in the world, uh, and then spiritually, you may just be as barren as the desert, right? Or you might be opposite. You know, you might be doing terrible physically, but spiritually you're doing great. And here, to Paul, he's talking about both things uh, in this verse. And I think that's worth noting. I think it's worth us just even like, you know, remembering it is good for us to kind of take account of how we're doing spiritually. And how we're doing physically. We, we're, everybody's always thinking about the physical, you know, because we just are. You know, whether it's because we care about what we look like or what we feel like or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we're always thinking about that. But the truth is, is that we need, we need to be as concerned about where we are spiritually. In verse 3, it goes on, it says, For I rejoice greatly with the brothers... Uh, when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So here we go, John again with his repetition, right? And if you look in verse 1, he also says, you know, to the, from the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. And then here now he's, you know, he's knocking it out of the park verse 3, for I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So it's, you know, truth, 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 truth. And, and here he's really, it's, this is like a, this is an encouraging letter to him. He's like, man, I got to tell you, I am so excited about what you're doing. I'm so excited about what you're doing. I'm so excited about your walk, Right? You know, he, 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 gets, he gets into that. He, he says twice, says, indeed, you are walking in the truth. And then later on right there, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And truth is of great importance to John. Now, we've already talked about this. We've already talked about why, but we, I mean, we can't not talk about it again for at least just a second. I mean, he, he understands something that we all need to understand, and that's that our truth, whatever grounds us as truth, dictates everything in our lives. So if we take truth from Scripture, then Scripture would lead us in everything that we do in life. We'd say, okay, well, you know, I'm you know, it guides me here, it guides me there, it's going to help me make decisions, it's going to, you know, whatever. And, and, the, and for us to take truth from something else means that whatever else that is, that's going to dictate what truth is. That's going to dictate our decision making and all these things in life. And so John understood this. And John's just super excited because he's, he's seen so many knuckleheads at this point, like talking about you know, they're made up Jesuses, you know, like, you know, oh, it's, you know, they're teaching, this person's teaching this about Jesus over here that's not true and teaching that about Jesus over there that's not true. And he's just like, man, I'm just excited that you guys are following the truth. 
And it's because he cares about the guy. It's like, beloved. I mean, he's coming at this with like, I, I love you. Man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Now, he's not God, and he's not saying he's God, and they're not, you know, his children, you know, kind of thing. But he's, he's making this correlation in a spiritual sense. This is probably somebody that he may have had a hand in the Lord using to lead them to Christ. And so he sees them as like this spiritual child of like somebody that, that he's investing in and that he's trying to encourage to be along the way. He goes on, verse 5, and he says this, he says, It is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. And they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that you may be fellow that we that we may be fellow workers for the truth. And so here comes the truth again. This is this it, it flows together. I really want to talk about some more of that uh, that we just talked about with what he's talking about here to Gaius, uh, but it really flows into this next part here. Verse 5, Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. And he starts talking about basically missionaries who are, who are going out and trying to tell the good news about Jesus, to tell the truth, Right? And so we see him, and, he's, and, he's, and he even says, verse 6, who testified to your love before the church. He's saying, we have heard people have come back that have been going out to tell people about Jesus, and they have come back and testified to your kindness and your love to them while they're ministering to others, and they have come back and testified to the church. That's what he's saying there, verse 6, who testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on the journey in a manner worthy of God. Again, he's, in, he's trying to encourage guys here. He's like, hey, bro, you're doing an amazing job. And the truth is, is we all need a little bit of that sometimes, right? Everybody needs to be encouraged. What stinks is to do something like over and over and over, you know, for your life. I mean, whatever kind of a job you've got or whatever you do, you know, if you're, you know, if, even if just being a parent, it is, nice to, it is nice to every once in a while hear somebody say, hey, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And not just like the whole, like, you know, just to say it, say it, but like to really mean it, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's a great thing. And that's what, that's what, Paul, that's what uh, John is doing here. John wants guys to understand, brother, you have been killing it when it comes to this. And he's like, and these folks that you've been loving on, they've been coming back, and here they are, and they're out there doing what it says in verse 7. In verse 7 it says, For they have gone out for the sake of the name, talking about Jesus, for the sake of the name of Jesus, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, not taking anything from unbelievers. Therefore, uh, we ought to support people like these, and we may be fellow, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. And then he's saying, so that we can, we can partner with them. And this is a great thing. And this is, you know, this all reminds me of, 
you know, different pastors that have been in my life, part of my life, that have poured into me over the years at different times, you know. And uh, as a minister, I can tell you that's been so important in my life. And it's been so important for me to get to do that for others at times as well. I, I love doing that. I love, you know, I love when somebody's like, you know, I think, I think the Lord's leading us to, you know, start a church. I'd love to talk to you about that. I'm like, I'm like a dang cocker spaniel, like licking them in the face. Like when you want, can we get together right now? You want to hang out today? What do y'all clear the calendar? You know, I just, you know, I get excited thinking about, you know, what God might be leading somebody to do that I've gotten to be, the Lord's allowed me to be a part of in my life that I might get to share uh, some of those things, pray for them, encourage them, all the things, because the truth is, is most don't make it. Most of my friends that have been in the ministry for years dropped out of the ministry years ago. I have a handful of friends that have made it along the way, that are the same age as me, that surrendered to calling around the same time, those kinds of things. I mean, it just, they don't, it's, it's, it's not a good track record. Even, even worse is the track record of people starting new churches. Most new churches will fail. They don't make it. We are so blessed, folks. I don't, and and I'm, I'm saying this like conviction in my heart. We don't take note enough of like the great thing that God has done here and the great things that He's continuing to do here. E- even on top of the fact that we have a, a staff, we were talking about this uh, in staff meeting recently, that our pastoral staff largely has been together f- now for almost 18 years. It's insane. It's insane. Like, you know, most, most young ministers fall into the stepping stone mentality. It's just like the, you know, it's like climbing the corporate ladder of like, you know, well, do this for a little while. And then when something else comes along that pays better and looks better and all that kind of stuff, then you go run to that thing. And the truth is everybody on our staff has had those opportunities to go run to another thing. And guess where they are? And they could have done a and and every every one of those opportunities paid more money. I can promise you. Okay, I don't think anybody's ever hit any of us up with like a position that paid less. You know, it's always like, oh, here's more and here's benefits. And our families are like, benefits. We're like, all right, let's really pray about this. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I only say all of that for this one reason. To say, the Lord has been so good to us at 24. He's been so good to us, folks. We just don't, I mean, like, the the failure rate of new churches is like 80%. 80%. We're so blessed. I remember I was talking talking about this the other day. We had a a fella, Ed Stetzer, uh, he came and preached here many, many moons ago. uh, And he's a church planting specialist. In fact, he was... Uh, a professor of mine in seminary, and the class he taught was church planting. And it was before we planted 24 Church. Uh, and I can tell you a whole lot about that, you know, some other time. But anyway, he came preach one time. We got, he got done, and we sat down over here before he left. And he looked at me, and he said, I got one thing to say. I was like, what's that? He said, this whole thing is an anomaly. He's like, it doesn't fit any book it doesn't fit anything that I've ever taught. He's like, this is the craziest thing I've seen in a while. He's like, this shouldn't exist. But I love that. Because I really truthfully believe 
It is by the grace of God that it does. It's by the grace of God that it does. Here, John is trying to encourage guys, and he's saying, brother, it is worth every single minute, every single dime that you're spending to let these people come shack up at the house. You don't know them. He says that. You know, verse, verse 5, beloved, it is, a faith, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. And he's saying, I know I've been sending these weird, strange people to you, but you've been hospitable. You've been putting them up. They have come back and testified, verse 6, to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name. For the sake of the name. They've been sent. And he says, send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Encourage them and send them as they go to do their calling. Did you know that we are sent? Did you know we are sent? One of the things that was um, probably the most fun to talk about when we were first starting the church, when we would meet with people, and we met with people like all the time, which was fun. We loved it. We didn't have kids. We just, we just had people over at the house. Every we, had, we also didn't have any money, so everybody ate spaghetti or something. You know, it was like, you want some spaghetti? No? Okay, well, good. We're having spaghetti, you know, because we, we broke. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, man, we had, we had so many good times and so many good conversations. And one of my favorite things to talk through when we were doing that was we'd invite people to pray about being a part of this, this church that was going to exist. It was actually 18 years ago, like three, four days ago, that Aaron and I moved back uh, to the area, moved in with my parents, threw all of our stuff in storage. That was fun times. Uh, first night laying in the bed after we got the U-Haul, uh, the bed broke. So, you know, we're, we're laying like crazy, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's a crazy story. But anyway, you know, it's, it, we're just, it's just, you know, all this crazy stuff's happening. And we're meeting with these people and we're asking them to pray about being a part of this. And the thing that, the thing that I love the most about getting to talk about that was that God has called all of us to a people. And this is still true. God has called all of us to a people. The people that are in your life are the people that God has called you to. God has still called us to a people. He's still calling us to a people. You may have just moved to Tennessee. Guess what? You're being called to a people. You're like, well, I wish people were called to me. Well, they probably are. But we as believers are all ministers of the gospel and and we're much like these folks, and sometimes, yeah, we go halfway around the world to do that work, and sometimes we're doing it right in our backyard in our own neighborhood. Like, to love and to care for these people as missionaries sent. And so, like, the thing that was always, like, fun, like, seeing people, like, the, the light bulb turn on for people was, you know, the idea that, you know, that they're being sent to the place in which they live and the people that are a part of their lives. And that we are, many of us, missionaries right here to this people. Send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name. They have gone out for the sake 
of the name. And that's the same for us as believers. That we're called to go out for the sake of the name. That we're called to go out and love. That we're called to go out and, and care and be hospitable and invite people into our homes. And all. I don't know everybody, it seems like nobody does that stuff anymore. Start. Start doing it. Missing some of the greatest friendships of your life by not doing that. Invite people in your home. Strangers as they are, as John says. You're like, oh, I don't know if I just invite anybody in my Listen, you'll be all right. Go buy a gun if you don't own one, okay? <laughs> kidding, kidding. Not really, but I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> and here, here John actually gives a list of like, here's the reasons why we should support these folks. And he goes right through the list that, number one, that they're going out for the sake of the name. That, number two, that they have done so without taking support from non-believers. And, number three, that we can partner with them for the truth, and we are about the truth. And, by the way, 24 Church partners with people literally all over the world that are about the truth. We are helping support some other church plants uh, all over the place, and and. Ben talks about these folks from time to time on Sunday mornings. Uh, we post stuff about them. If you're on our member, if you're a member at 24 Church, we have a we have a, a private page where we are always posting information, updates on these families uh, that's that we get a lot of them monthly and that kind of thing. All of that information, because honestly, quite honestly, I mean, people are like, "Oh, why don't you just post for everybody?" Well, we can't. Like some of it literally is not supposed to be shared publicly. Uh, because of places that people live, or because of the types of people uh, that some of them are working with, and that kind of thing. But when you give, you're given all that. Okay, that's a piece. That's a piece of the puzzle. All right. Verse nine. It goes on, and so here John changes gears, and this is a this is a little odd. I mean, it, just a little bit. You know, John uh, in his calling out of uh, I'm just going to call him Dio here, you know, and, uh, you know, verse 9, it just jumps into it. It says, I have written something to the church, but Dio, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to, want to and puts them out of the church. So here he gets to talking about this guy who's got a bad reputation, okay, and he's, and he's concerned. I mean, John's concerned, and that's, that's what this is about. This isn't like a, you know, he's not trying to troll Dio or, you know, shame him, you know, or whatever and all this kind of stuff uh, that we're, you know, used to these days. You know, he's, he's, con- he's concerned for the kids, okay? Remember, like, his care for Gaius and, and, and the people that he's ministering to and all this, he's concerned. He's saying, watch out for this fellow. Here's a warning about this guy. You know, and, and it's a reminder for us, number one, uh, that, that our reputation matters. You know, this guy's reputation was, was going far and wide at this point for what he was doing within just the church, okay? And this guy in particular seems to want to be in charge he wants power. And we've seen this. We've seen this with church leaders over the years. Maybe you've been a part of a church. Maybe you've seen it from afar. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of podcasts, different things about it. Uh, I'm thinking of one right now. You know, I, I've watched. I've watched people that I looked up to at times fall 
because they wanted power. They wanted, they wanted to be the CEO. They wanted, you know, nobody could tell them no. They wanted to reject the truth when they did wrong is the bottom line of usually most of those situations. And folks, we can't, we can't do that. None of us can be above the truth of Scripture. And when we see a leader doing that, that's a pride. That's a pride issue. When they're, you know, then they can do no wrong and all that. Look, they're going to do wrong. I'm going to do wrong at some point, you know. And we all need grace for those things. But you can't, you can't receive that with a heart that's full of pride and basically just pushes everybody else out of the way to try to run the show. And this is where we've seen many pastors fall over the years. Dio's fall here, and if you read through that passage right there, is we, see, we see ambition, we see arrogance, we see accusations, we, and then we see actions. It all kind of leads from one thing to the other, and, and it basically led to him shunning John and all these other brothers and missionaries of the truth. You know, and this was a, this was a sign. This was a sign for John. He's like, hey guys, you gotta, you got to watch this guy. We're, we're, get, we're getting reports back that he's not even allowing these guys who are teaching the truth about Jesus to come. He's, not, he's, he's in fact, he's putting them out of the church. And, and it sounds like to me, just hearing John and just this little bit that we're getting to hear about, it sounds like, a, you know, this dude's threatened by other leaders. You can't, if you're, if you're a good leader, you can't be threatened by other good leaders. Good leaders, hopefully want to suck up other good leaders to come along with them as a team and go about doing the work that they're called to do, whatever that work may be. This guy, not the case, he's absolutely doing some stuff. You know, verse 10, so if I come, I will bring up what he's doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. Not content with that, he refuses, refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to put who want to, and puts them out of the church. He's running people out of the church that are trying to, trying to tell the truth about Jesus. And John's like, I, I can't stand for this. He's like, don't get mixed up with this guy. You know, because at first of me, it's like, oh man, I can't believe John's doing this right in the middle of his letter. But I mean, his letter's really to, to Gaius. And, you know, I think we're getting to kind of tag along. The Lord's allowed us to have it as a part of his word, which is an amazing thing. But basically, he's instructing Gaius. He's like, "Don't follow Dio, don't don't and don't fall into his traps," you know. And because you can say, "Oh, well, he's gossiping and all that." No, he's just he's just telling some truth. And and the truth is, is is you know, still today in this day and age, there's a ton of leaders in churches, ton of pastors that, and we know this, that are teaching false gospels, that are not teaching truth. Or they teach a partial truth, and then they like to add on their thing, you know. Or they like, or maybe they're like, you know, well, I'll teach the truth, and then they're going to teach the prosperity gospel to go with it. And the prosperity gospel, in case you don't know, is the whole like, you know, well, if you know you give God, you you know, uh, all your money, well, then He's going to bless you, kind of thing. And that turns out to be really good for a lot of churches who want to get rich, but it's not true to Scripture. We give as the Lord leads us to give. Does Jesus say, sell all your stuff and follow me? Yeah, he does say that. You know, but when you hear a pastor saying, hey, you know, 
I want you to put one hand on the screen and you know, get the other, get, take the other hand and get your credit card out and then give us the number and let us take whatever we feel led to, to take or, you know, whatever. Run the other way, right? Okay? Don't do it. But here, it's interesting because John is, John's trying to help him see, he's like, you are supporting missionaries that are about the truth. This guy over here is not. Don't, don't follow that guy, don't, and don't fall into his practices. Keep doing what you're doing. Why? For the sake of the truth. For the sake of the name. Remember, that's what the, that's what the missionaries were about. For the sake of the name, right? In verse 11, it goes on, it says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. Now, first off, verse 11, he, he said, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. This is, this is a, imitate and mimic. You know, same, same word translated from that. Uh, you know, and this is, a, this, is a, this is an important piece of the puzzle for us. Because whatever we imitate, whatever we mimic shows who and what we belong to. Shows who and what we belong to. Think about that for a minute. Whatever we imitate, whatever we mimic, shows who or what we belong to. And we have to be careful who we imitate or what we mimic. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, doing a good impression here. Everybody loves a good impression, right? Talking about like how we live our lives, how we walk, how we walk, which is so important. And Demetrius, so here's here's what's going on here. We believe that John had sent this letter with yet another missionary that John probably didn't know. And I think because the way he's talking about him here, uh, we, can, we can kind of assume that. Uh, but strangers as they are, as it said back in verse 5, uh, he has sent this letter to Gaius with Demetrius. So this letter is twofold. This letter is an encouraging letter to Gaius, actually threefold. Uh, encouraging letter to Gaius to keep doing what you're doing for the truth, uh, and supporting these people, and uh, that they're you know that they're about the truth, that uh, they're about they're for the sake of the name, and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a warning right about Dio in there, and don't fall into that, and don't follow that guy either, and stay away from him if you can, uh, kind of deal, you know. And I'll, I'm going to deal with him later, kind of deal. And then it's this you know also by the way, uh, this guy Demetrius, he's a good dude. And how do we know that? It says verse 12, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone, and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. And so the letter comes with him almost as also a recommendation of yet, here's another guy that I know, you know I've randomly sent to you, but this brother is just like the others who were for the sake of the name. And he's recommending Demetrius which I think is pretty cool. I think a great test to what we are known for 
is to ask ourselves, what would people recommend us for? Like if somebody was in trouble, if somebody was in need, would they recommend you to help? Or if somebody was struggling through trying you know, to get through a moment in life, would they, would they recommend you to talk to them? What would they recommend you for? Is it just an occupation thing? Just a talent thing? Here's what I love about this letter. I think John would have recommended Gaius. And he is recommending Gaius. He's literally sending people to him. And saying, you keep doing what you're doing and loving these people Showing them a place, feeding them whatever you're doing. You just keep on doing it. And in verse 13, he closes out. He says, I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. Very similar to Second John. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. The friends. And he's saying... You know, the church here greets you. You know, and if you notice, like here's yet another letter that is a little bit coded, you know. You know, it's talking about the truth, talking about, you know, that these guys are about the sake of the name, you know, these different things, you know, but yet still still written in such a way that if somebody gets caught passing this note across the class and teacher's gonna read it in front of everybody, nobody's really getting in trouble. He says, peace to you, the friends greet you. He's saying the church here greets you, greet the friends each by name. Which is very similar to how God sees us and knows us by name. What those missionaries were doing, that's what John hoped for the reader. Matthew 5.16 says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. May they see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What are you known for? What are you known for? Do you have a a good reputation? you have a bad reputation? You know, we're brought up to say, hey, don't doesn't matter what other people think about you. We shouldn't worry about what other people think about us. But at the same time, we're also called to care that people know that we are for the sake of the name. Just like those missionaries. And the question is, can we recognize that our sending out is to those God has placed in our lives? John mentions the believers as friends here at the end of the passage. Can we recognize that our sending out is to those that God has placed us into their lives? And then John 15, 13 says this, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for who? His friends. So who are you to your friends? You love them like Jesus has loved you. Do they know about that? Do they understand that? Do they know how important He is to you? I hope my friends know that what Jesus has done in my life and 
that I long for them to experience the life-altering relationship that I have had for them too. I pray, I'm praying right now, I've been praying this week for many of them who are not Christians, have never believed. But I'm praying that one day they will. That love shown for us is the same love that we can show for them. And it simply is for the sake of the name. Let's pray. God, I pray that we as your people would be faithful, Lord, in being light into this world, however you may use us, whether it's caring for one another, eating together with our friends and neighbors. God, use us. Use our words. Use how we care for others. May it look like you. May it feel like you. May it be from you. May it not just be us trying, but Lord, I pray that you would use us in those moments. God, that supernaturally, Lord, that they would know that there's something more than just a friendship there. God, that you're at work, that you're doing something, that you're leading in those moments. God, I pray that you would be glorified, that you would be made known. God, I pray that they would believe and trust in you. God, I pray for anybody right now that's not believed in you, that right now, Lord, that they might believe. God, that you might do a work in their heart, Lord, that only you can do. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the truth of the gospel. I pray, Lord, that our lives would be all about that all the time. God, help show us what that looks like, Lord, and lead us in it as believers. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask all these things in his name. Amen.